Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. It's your host, Matt, back again. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Trash Talking Texan. Jesters, how are you doing, my friend? Well, you know, could be better. I guess we always could be worse. Uh, it was just, uh, it's never fun to do one of these podcasts after a performance like we had. Um, so it's, it's, I guess we'll struggle through, but it was poor. And uh, it reminds me of Brentford, or not Brentford, but uh, West Brom last year, right after the international break. We lost 5-2. So I guess if history repeats itself, we should uh, then win the Champions League. So it's all good. Yeah, well, fun <laughs> fact. Fun fact is actually on the same day as well. There you go. So I, I think Chelsea should never play on the 2nd of April ever again. <laughs> I uh, think you're correct. Yes. I am also joined by with the man from the Rainbow Nation itself, uh, who at the moment is even dodging cars just to get on this channel. Um, I am joined by the wonderful man, KJ. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all good. I'm all good. The universe tried to take me out, but we live. We're still here. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, it's never fun hopping on a podcast after a disgraceful performance. I went to church and got shamed. Imagine that. Call ourselves Christians and just shaming us. But yeah, um, good to be here. It's, it's not good to talk about Chelsea, but I mean, at the end of the day, if it guarantees us a Champions League, then who am I to judge? This is a late April Fool's joke from Chelsea. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get on, man. Yeah, well, I thought... Uh, I thought early in the week, I thought, I'll get KJ on, because I remember last time it was the Man City result, and that wasn't positive, so I thought, I'll get KJ on, because hopefully we'll beat Brentford, and it'll be all positivity, talking about Kovacic, um, but obviously Kovacic didn't play, we got beat 4-1, so we've got no positive KJ again, which hopefully third time lucky, next time you come on, it'll be after a good result, I'll make sure. Um but before we get into the game, I'll go through the little stats breakdown for all you statisticians out there. Um, so Chelsea had 71% possession compared to Brentford's 29. We had 21 shots with eight on target compared to Brentford's 17 and six. We both missed two big chances each. Um, Chelsea made uh, 641 passes with a 91% accuracy compared to Brentford's 260 with 72% accuracy. Um, Chelsea had a had 59% of their dribbles successful compared to Brentford's 60. Um, Chelsea won 39 duels compared to Brentford's 51. Chelsea made nine tackles, six interceptions and 14 clearances compared to Brentford's 19, 8 and 34. Well, Jesters, I think this is one of the games where if you read the stats, you think Chelsea have had a good performance, but the stats really do lie, don't they? Well, I, actually, this is a very typical Chelsea performance that we end up getting drilled. Uh, if you, you know, uh, it's it's not anything new where you have we have all the possession and we do nothing with it, and then we ended up get end up getting countered, and and that's the end of the story. Uh, it's it's one of those things where is it part of the culture? Because it's it's under different managers, we've done the same thing. All the possession, um, or is it just the players? And I, for me, it's the players. Now it's uh, we're starting to see in games like this, 
that certain players are just not good enough. And uh, we can get into that, but uh, it's the managers have changed. The players have not. So it's either you're saying it's the culture of Chelsea that we, we play this way, or it's the players that are actually here and probably shouldn't be here anymore because they've done this under three managers. Yeah, definitely. I agree, I agree with you there. I think it's it's been almost... I, 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 the, I watched the game this morning because I missed it yesterday after being my own uh, car issues. Um, but I watched it and I almost felt, it felt like I went back 18 months into Lampard era. Um, it was that kind of bad a game. Um, and yeah, it just just it just it, it just get I'm getting fed up with these results, especially seems after an international break. It's always the first game after the international break where we just seem to not be there at all. I do not really understand it at all. Um, I know teams maybe not so completely sharp because they've begun with their other teams, but it seems to affect Chelsea just much more than anyone else, and it's really frustrating. Um, KJ, I'll turn to you. Um, what do you think? went wrong in that game? Um, this is a typical uh, pattern with Chelsea. Um, a lot of people online have been saying we've been playing well, this is just a small blimp. No, we have not been playing well in the games we've won. We've been basically snatching and grabbing victories. We, we, we haven't looked dominant or as good as people claim to be, maybe in certain games and individual moments. Um, but we've never outright won a game. And I say that because when I look at teams like Man City, they outright win games. They dominate stats um, in every game they go into. We can't say that about Chelsea. We we haven't seen a dominant season since probably Conte season when we lost uh, the Arsenal game. Um, but after that, it, it, it's been more of a we, we try to do well, we get the victory, we move on. Um, Last season, we, we, we had dominant performance in Europe, but, you know, we're talking about the Prim. So, uh, what went wrong? Um, well, what went right? Um, ex- excuse my language, but we definitely got molested with consent. Um, it was just piss poor. It was, it was spineless. Um, the, I, I, I said this on um, stream. I don't think one player could be at fault. This was a whole team performance. Um Every person gets gets equal amounts of blame. Um, people, I, I I said I said Mendy um, probably could have done better. He probably could have done a whole lot better. But um, what can you do when your defense is as shambolic as your midfield, and your midfield is as shambolic as your attack? There was literally nothing in it. We 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 didn't do anything with the ball after the tenth minute, um, which was sad to see. Um, this was this was definitely. A Chelsea defeat, um, a Chelsea a Chelsea style defeat. Um, it wasn't nothing new. We've seen this before um, many a times from Chelsea, and it's at the tail end of the season, um, which is what's concerning. Um, do I feel like we 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 could have done better? No, because we just weren't in the game. Period. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to pinpoint what went wrong. Um, because we just didn't come to play football. Um, the stats show. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I personally, I'm still at a loss for words. Um, I had a lot of people asking what, what, what do I think about the game? I mean, I can't give my thoughts and opinions. The people that should have started came on super, super late again 
Tuchel with his subs. Um, I think that's one flaw about him. His substitutions either are very, very late or they just don't happen. Um, and that is very concerning. Uh, but as for Chelsea, yeah, man, um, it, it, it's hard. It's hard, you know. That's why I say what, what went right, you know, what could have gone right. Um, but you're right in saying there, um, there is players we, we are seeing now that should definitely leave. They are not Chelsea level. Um, I want to name names, but I will name names later. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely let you name some names later on. We'll get into some individual players, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I think it was one of the performances. I think anyone was really fantastic. I think there was one good moment that we'll speak about. Um, but outside of that, I think there was nothing. Um, but we'll get into the kind of lineup, obviously. So we lined up end up being a 4-1-4-1, what it looked like in the end. It was said to be a 4-3-3, but it looked more like a 4-1-4-1. Um, so it was started with Mendy in goal, um, back four of Alonso, Rudiger, Silva and Asby, which that just straight away gives me nightmares. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek in defensive midfield with Kante and Mason Mount um, ahead of him. Uh, either side, you had Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech with Kai Havertz up front. Um Jesters, I'll start with you. What was your first thoughts about that lineup, and then what do you think you would have changed in that lineup at all? Uh, why in the hell are we paying a back four with uh, looked like Christensen was on the bench, uh, Reese James was on the bench. I know they're being slow with him, but uh, you know they're professional footballers. Come back from injury, you've had two weeks of of nothing but training and getting fit. Get him on the pitch because you know the reason we we haven't looked great this year is because we haven't had our best team on the pitch. I don't think ever this season. And we can talk about what that best team for me is and in a formation we play. But why are we playing the back four? Was Ruben Loftus Cheek playing as a six? Uh, it's just that for me, especially when you have Aspilicueta and Marcus Alonso at fullback. So it's like, okay, there was no there was no need to do that. You had other options, um, and I, I I'm quite baffled. Why? Where was Trevor Chalopin? What's wrong with him? Supposedly he was he was able to be fit because he wasn't in the in the uh, pre you know pre match uh, interview that he. You know, he didn't say he wasn't. So where was Trevor Chalabon? Uh, you could have done this with the back three, and then you don't have to put people like Timo Werner on the pitch, um, who should never, ever be. They just dropped him from the squad at this point. The guy is awful. He's an awful footballer, and I'm tired of the excuses. I'm tired of this or that. He's an awful footballer. Um. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with we've had we have Concacaf and comparable players on the pitch, and they have to go to a different hemisphere. So of course, he didn't have Christian Pulisic available for the game, um, according to Del Silva, and I'm going to take her word because she looked like she slapped the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that uh, Tiago had just gotten back, so we're playing. 
we're playing uh, players that maybe should have gotten rest, and we're playing them in a four. So if they need rest and you're playing them out of a four, you're making a 37-year-old man run that much more who shouldn't have been available for the pit, for the game in the first place. So I, I, it was all com- very confusing for me. Uh, and it looks like Frenford was going to match us up in a back three. They usually play a back four, but they, they usually play four four two. They went to a back three, and we we were we you know Tuchel just had his inner pep moment where he thought too much about it, thinking they were going to play a back four, and we you know we so we played a back four, and it just didn't work, just all over the place. So I, I don't know any more to say about the formation. It was just not good <laughs> at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was fantastic at all. I mean, there was the the, the many complaints I'd have of this uh, formation. Um, I, don't, I, I don't see many of it that's right. I mean, I can understand, obviously, Pulisic, and that's why I didn't expect Thiago Silva to play um, either, uh, because obviously they are coming from different hemispheres, and it is a lot of travel to, them to, do, to do at such a short period of time, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised Christensen and Chalaba not playing Ruben as a six. I mean, I love Ruben, but if you told me you were going to play him in a, num- a lone six, I would have told you just to keep him on the bench because that's not simply just not his position. It's simply, and, and I'm not surprised that he didn't play very well at all. Um, and then just playing Timo Werner, like, seriously, is there not any one of the youngsters you could have played instead? Because I'm sure they would have done a better job. Um, but yeah, it was terrible. I mean, KJ, what was your thoughts on the lineup, and what would you have changed? Uh, first off, um, to the people that keep on saying a back four is our strongest uh, sort of formation, please just know um, this team and the players we have can't effectively work in a back four system. It, it, it won't work. Um, that being said, I, I agree with Justice. Um, Surely, surely by now, Chiwell's fit enough to at least start a game, at least against Brentford, um, where, I mean, credit to Brentford, um, we didn't expect him to play a high line, um, which caught every single player off guard. Um, the press from them was unbelievable, but I'm sure um, Chiwell could have handled it. Um, he's back training, he's been training consistently. Um, there hasn't been any reported issues with him in training, so um, I think this could have been a, a good game to reintroduce him. Um, I don't know why he came on super late. Um, never made sense to me. Most of the players, Kovacic, I don't know why he came on super, super late. Um, it just, nothing was working. Um, Alonso, I can't speak on this guy's name enough anymore. At this point, I'm super tired of saying he's not good enough. Um, there's, there's, there, he's not worth mentioning anymore. Um, uh, Matt, you're probably going to get upset with me, but Loftus-Cheek, um, he was a confused man out there. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because of the formation or just the people around him, but it just it it was not this game by far. I, I don't think I've seen him play worse than he did. Um, and it kind of changed my opinion on him. I, I always felt that maybe he could come right, but um, I'm starting to think that maybe he's maybe he's not good enough for the system. Um, but maybe that's just been me me being reactionary. Um, I thought pretty good game. Uh, 
the front three, out of the front three, Havertz probably had the best game. He had four opportunities to to get a goal, all of them getting an inch wide. I thought he was probably our our best attack out there. Um, Ziek, he, he tried, but everything he tried just could not come off. And then we get to Werner, who, listen, Farmers League tax has all of you people thinking that all German forwards are superstars, when that is not the truth. Werner is the worst of the lot. He sold us the biggest dream. And before I even continue talking about him, just shout out to my bro, Kazilla, because he's been telling us Werner has been bad since day one, and we all fought him against it. Uh, now we see the truth, man. Um, and we have seen him for a long time. He's never been good enough. Um, even the bare minimum, where we keep on saying, um, yeah, at least he can get in good positions and put pressure. He doesn't do that. He can't even do the bare minimum anymore. Um, he's just not good enough. I, I don't think he'll ever be good enough. Um, the sooner he gets out of the club and back to Germany, the better, because he's just, yeah. He's, he's, I don't even think he's a footballer, to be honest, because a footballer wouldn't be moving or playing like him. Um, it, it, the lineup definitely didn't suit what we were going for. Um, bag, there was, um, like, like, you, like you said, Matt, there were, youngsters probably could have come into this team and done a better job, um, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not Tuchel's strongest lineup. I don't know where his thoughts were at. Um, but I, I know he's been having a rough week, so you know I'll I'll try give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but yeah, either way, it was it was poor. Yeah, I mean Werner, I I, I mean big up again, big up to Kazilla for ultimately being right about it. I'm just the thing I'm most annoyed about is the fact that he's almost got worse in this second season. Like, you'd expect him, all right, you didn't have a great first season, maybe he can push on from this. But the fact that he's got worse and he's like he's not even doing some of the stuff that he was doing last season, um, it's just frustrating. I don't understand why he's playing. Um, I get that Callum has got issues with his Achilles still, um, which obviously that's in the serious things. You can't just risk him in that aspect. You've got Pulisic, obviously, he's out. Um, but why not bringing if you're gonna if you're gonna play free in midfield, why don't you bring in Kovacic and then put Mount on the left? As much as I don't like Mount playing out wide, I would have much rather that any day of the week than play Timo Werner anywhere near this lineup. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm really confused about the about the room thing. I mean, I think he's leaving in the summer because I don't think he's done enough to stay in in the team. Um, I don't think. I'm not going to completely blame him from yesterday because it is again, it's not his position. I've never, I don't think I've ever think I've ever thought of him being a number six, uh, especially on his own. If he's in a pairing, maybe it work. He can work it a bit better, and he has done that occasionally. But playing on his own, it's not his role. He knows he he looks lost when he does it, and then especially when you look at the tactics Burn um, Brentford did. They were looking to outnumber him anyway. So then when he's getting outnumbered, you've got no chance um, when you don't know the position. But it is what it is. I mean, I think at the back four, I think it's not our... I think it could be our best position, uh, our best formation. But the fact is, we need a defensive midfielder. I mean, I think me and Jess have been rambling on about this for so long. I, I don't think we can ramble on about it anymore. Um, and this is the fact that we... The fact that we didn't get sure many in the summer 
um, has again cost us and we're forced to play formations that we don't know. I think since Chilwell, I think we haven't, since Chilwell were injured, we haven't developed at all in terms of playing style, team, but it's because we've having to make makeshift formations every other week just to get a bloody team out, which is frustrating to say the least. Um, as Jester said, I don't think we've ever seen our top side, um, our best 11, um, whoever you think it is in terms of people. Um, and it's frustrating to see. Um, I think, as you said, KJ, I know t- uh, Tuchel has had a tough week personally uh, with certain stuff, but I don't think that's, I, I mean, that might be the reason, but might be a reason for him maybe going off the boil, but we can't afford him to go off the boil right now when we've got Champions League coming up the rest of the season, FA Cup. So let's hope that this is, at least in the lineup aspect, uh, one off. Um, but before we get into more, of the negatives, we will have a talk about the only positive in the game. And KJ, I'm going to look for you at first for the positiveness uh, of this game. Um, what did you think of Rudiger Screamer? Bro, he's been trying the same sort of shot for so long, and I'm so happy it paid off for him. It was unexpected. Um, I that was a world class goal, and I, I always knew I had it, he had it in him, I just never expected it to just happened just like that in that moment. It was almost a hope and a prayer sort of shot. But, I mean, the way you, you see he took it, um, that was very much intentional. That was very much brilliant. And it's a, it's kind of a theme in our season. I mean, if you look at our best goals in the season, all of them have been screamers. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a world-class finish. Um, honestly, with him, Lord have mercy. <laughs> it's not going to look pretty for us. Um, he's definitely a player... That can, that can do it all from a defensive standpoint. Um, he's basically doing what David Luiz thought he could do. Um, the little the little sort of runs and just taking wild shots and hoping they get in, you know. Um, but yeah, cool player. Great finish, great goal. That's goal of the season for me. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, I know. I mean, the celebration as well. Freaking typical Rudiger uh, in that respect looking just crazy as hell. Like, you wouldn't want to walk past him on the street of him doing that. Um, but, unfortunately, it completely turned into a meme after what happened next. Um, Jester, at the time of Rudiger scoring that, before it all fell apart, what was your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, just for one second. I think uh, when KJ was talking about the lineup, he was saying Chilwell, but I believe he meant Reese James. Because of course, Chilwell won't be back this year. Yeah, I did. Sorry, I, did, I, just, I, did I did. I was off. Yeah, yeah. I was say uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to clean yeah. that up because people would get confused. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as far as Rudiger's strike, yay, worldy strike. He played a crap game. Let's be real. So, it, it's one thing to have a worldy strike to put your team on top and then just boss it on defense, but you can't have a worldy strike. And be poor on defense because I want my defenders to fend first and everything else is bonus if you score. But you can't have a worldly strike and then back it up with a crap game on defense. It's just it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything to me. Um, I'm glad he scored it. He's been trying it a long time. Uh, But (laughs) kind of. Who, you know, at this point, who cares is what you're saying is because we got smoked after that. And he was part of the reason we got smoked. So great. World of strikes. Play defense now. 
That, that's all I can say. Uh, you know, if it's it's one it's one thing he has a worldly strike and we go on to win four one, then you're like, oh yeah, Rudiger started it off, but bro, you gotta play defense, bro. And the defense was terrible yesterday. So and you so you gotta hold that great strike, but it's very forgettable because we we got just pounded after that, and he was part of the issues get, uh, for us getting pounded on defense. So I'm just not. Uh, yeah, one highlight real thing, and then you play poorly. I just can't be bothered right now to get hyped about it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, it was a funny situation for me because obviously I was stuck in traffic listening to Talksport uh, radio for the game, um, and obviously Talksport is normally about a minute behind what is actually happening. So Rudiger scored the goal. I was celebrating in the car, going absolutely mental. Um, and then I looked down at my phone and then I saw loads of people in a Chelsea group chat saying, oh, for fuck's sake, it's 1-1. And I'm like, what do you mean? It surely can't be 1-1. We've, I know, I was like, I know we, I know radio's a little bit behind, but we surely can't concede it now. And then all I heard was Brentford attack, Brentford counter-attack in Chelsea, Brentford are doing this. And then they scored. And honestly, I, I've never been so angry in my life. Uh, I was pounding the steering wheel. Um, someone must have thought I was having a... I don't know what, what some people were thinking in the other cars, but, um, yeah, it was, it was not not very good. But that's why you don't look at your phone when you're listening to radio when it's a minute behind, because apparently you can score and concede at the same time. Um, but there you go. Um, but, yeah, on the Rudiger thing, I think... I, I, I want to give at least some of the defenders in terms of Thiago and Rudiger a tinsy wincy bit of slack because I feel when I was looking it was similar to how again Lampard days the midfield was almost so overrun that it almost some certain defenders were put into awkward situations and it didn't help that you had Marcus Alonso who let's be honest Stephen Hawkins runs faster than Marcus Alonso um, and Asby even worse uh, arguably today um, if we're being real um, so I think that for both Silva and Rudiger, I think there wasn't too much they could do. I think the fourth goal was definitely Rudiger's fault. Um, poor clearance um, for that. But, yeah, I think it was it was just a shit show the whole whole way through. Um, Jester, what did you think, obviously, the first goal? Whose fault do you think that was, really, uh, in terms of that goal? Ah. Uh trying to remember the first goal now because there are many of them. Uh, I remember the second and third and fourth really clearly. The first goal, uh, I think it was Jan Elts that scored it, if I'm if I'm remembering properly. Yeah, it was Jan Elts' first goal. Um, um, Mbumo had it on the right, oh, that, and then he put it across. And I think as he went, well, I don't know what he was doing, but almost got... Took to the left, took to the right, took to the left again, and then Yano pull it back in, in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, just very poor defending. Um, I'm trying to, I, I don't actually remember the, the, the build-up play for the first one because it happened so quickly, right? Because you're down there tweeting, oh, Rudiger, and then you're like, oh, they scored. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to remember the build-up play to it, but I can tell you, it, without without doubt, there was poor defending involved in that. 
Um, I know, and I guess Mbumo had two assists on the day, huh? One, yeah, one for Jan and third, to be honest. Then he had one for Ericsson as well. <clears throat> yeah, I and mean, that's the one that stays in my mind is the Ericsson chance. Oh well, um, yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess we're only on the first one, so uh, just poor defending. It, it, you know, you you show a lack of pace when you have a Cesar Espoqueta out there right now, and, and uh, then you have uh, Alonso on the other wing, and then you had Conte playing further up the pitch, so he really couldn't cover for either one of them. Um, it's it was bad, and uh, that's why you don't play a back four unless you have a CDM that is a, is you know world class, I should say. Um, the reason that Man City and Liverpool are so good in a back four is because they have Rodri and Fabinho. That's we don't have that. You know, the closest thing we have is Jorginho, who we can't even call a CDM because he, he, he doesn't play defense. Or if you try to make him play a solar defensive uh, midfielder, this is exactly why we don't, because this is exactly what would have happened if Jorginho would have played in that position. So I, I just, it is what it is. That first goal was just pony defensive playing pony defense and uh when you do that professionals will score against you these are professionals as well yeah that's fair enough um kj what what did you think of the first goal was it anyone particular's fault or do you think just poor defending generally yeah i mean it was it was a combination of poor defending and um yeah just credit to credit to uh brentford it happened so quick. Um, I believe um, Loftus Cheek tried to close down his man. I, I, I forgot who made this, um, but I do know Rigo trying to close down that exact same man. And after that, the rest was history. Um, yeah, it, 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 again, it, it, it comes down to lack of communication and just not being aware of your man. Um, and that was the theme for all the goals. Um, everyone kind of let players just run in and around them and pass them, and no one really tracked back. So it it really it, it comes down to defense. Defense will take blame for every goal um, because yeah, it, it's it's things that could have easily been avoided. Um, so yeah, for that first goal, um, like Jesse said, it happened. It happened so fast. Um, I I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I was I was. He's still celebrating the Rudiger, uh, the Rudiger goal um, when it happened. So it, it, was, <laughs> it was something I didn't pay attention a lot of. Um, and so obviously the second goal. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, KJ, I'll, I'll continue on you for the second goal. I mean, for me, this was probably the worst goal to concede out of a lot of them when I watched it this morning. Um, yeah, tell me about I mean... Again, this is this is shocking defending. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know you don't like Alonso, so I could, I, I, I'm giving this to you because I can let you rip. Okay, the slowest guy in our team has the audacity 
to keep such a high line, stay up in a corner instead of making sure that he's at the halfway point and is just opening himself to a counterattack. Number one, that's his first mistake. Number two, he's tracking back. He can clearly see Ericsson is coming behind him. He can see Conte is coming across to try and mark his man. Stick with Ericsson. That's all you need to do. All you need to do is stick with him. You can see Ziyech is giving cover as well. Don't follow them. It doesn't take three people to mark one man. How in his right mind could he allow Ericsson to continue the run and position himself nicely in front of Mendy? It makes no sense. He knows he does not have the pace to track back. He knows he does not have the power to outmuscle a player like Ericsson, who has low center of gravity and can move nicely with the ball. It makes no sense. I think it just shows that he's a terrible defender with terrible spatial awareness and terrible communication because he just does things on his own, which makes no sense. I don't rate him. I don't like him. I don't think he's good enough. Um, if that offends people, then I'm sorry. But you can see, out of all the goals, that clearly shows he's not good enough. He, defending 101, he couldn't do the basics, and it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't believe that three players went over to mark one man and they still failed to mark the man and stop the pass. Um, I think that was terrible. I mean, Jester's obviously KJ has kind of summed it up pretty well. Um, anything to add to that at all? Oh, I got a whole bunch to add to it. Uh, what, Fire away. The, yeah. We're talking about Marcus Alonso, but this was Hakim Ziyech's fault. He's the one that Mbumo turned. He's the one that instead of playing conservatively, tried to get in front of a physically bigger man than him. And he's the one that allowed the break to happen. At that point in time, your job is to stay behind the, def- the, the, the offensive player to ensure he doesn't get past you. And if he does, you take him down and take the yellow card. So y- you got turned. And then you can't even get back into the play. The reason that Conte came across is because neither one of Marcus Alonso or Hakim Ziyech was even close to Brian Mbumo. So you have to stop the ball on a transition or a fast break, just like basketball. You close down the ball before you can worry about the other person that's, that's on the break. Because as long as that person has the ball and is not challenged, you're just going to get closer to the goal, closer to the goal. And what people don't, don't remember, and Bumo is left-footed. He's on the left side. So everybody thinks the angle was bad, not for a left-footed player. So neither one of them. And this was, so this was on Alonzo being slow and not good enough to be at Chelsea. And Hakim Ziyech being too slow, not being physical enough, and not being good to be at Chelsea. He's not good enough. I think everybody needs to stop with all this, oh, he has beautiful strikes. I don't care. You cost the team a goal, and you lost possession 26 times. That is not good enough. Maybe in your division, but not in the Premier League. So I don't know I don't know what else to say about it. It was just 
it was just very very funny yeah i mean i think i i understand kante going over because kante has he's the only one that's got the ability and pace to at least try and catch up and tackle and blame but I, I honestly do not i cannot i cannot i watched it three or four times and i cannot fathom why alonso's bothered to go over there and leave someone with as with the quality of christian Eriksen in that space and i just look at it, i'm just like honestly it's brain dead it actually hurt it I'm, i lost brain cells watching that goal um that's how bad it was um you are right about Ziyech in terms of getting turned like that. It's just terrible. And again, losing the ball 26 times, you cannot be doing that in a Premier League game. Um, and it's frustrating. Um, and a lot, uh, yeah, I mean, Alonso, we, we've said enough about Alonso not being good enough. So I'm not going to pull it or I'm not going to state the obvious even more. Um, just let's just hope he doesn't play a single Premier League game after this season. Um, but no doubt it's it's the Chelsea board, so he'll he'll be here next year. Don't worry. Uh, we start in the first game of the season, uh, probably in a back four, knowing us, and we'll be watching more disaster classes over and over again. Um, Jess, as I come to you, third goal, um, would you argue it was a little bit better than the second goal at least, but still a shit show? Yeah, the third goal was... Uh... And no, I none of them were good. It was way too easy to be to be able to be. Um, we've got cut. We looked like Frank when he was here. I, I'm I'm almost left speechless by the how terrible the goals all were. It was just awful. Um, that sec- second one, uh, or the third one, it was Yanel again. Okay, he c- continues his run. Rudiger doesn't see him. Conte doesn't track him. And uh, and you know, it's a it's a shot on goal. Uh, but Mindy, bro, you were awful in this game. You should have saved at least two of those goals. You cannot go down and commit yourself that early before. It's a, it's a game of chicken. You want the, the attacking player to commit to w- which type of shot he's going to take before you commit yourself. But he, Mindy went down early, and so it was, it was very, it's a very easy chip over the top. And so, you know, we had poor goalkeeping along with the poor defense. And, and Mindy was poor all game with his distribution. Uh, almost cost us a goal real early in the game. If, Yvonne, if Ivan Tony would have been better uh, with his chip. But, uh, yeah, I just, it was, it was Keystone Cops, the Three Stooges. Whatever you want to say, the three amigos, that, it was just terrible back there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just honestly, you, you get lost for words when you when you think about it, really, because there's no 
there's no excuse. There's no trying to explain it. It's just a complete shit show. I mean, KJ, what, what did you think of the third goal? That that that's a goal that could have easily uh, been avoided, hundred um, percent. I mean, let's talk about the build up and how it started. Um, Tony wins the header against Silva, which I I can't blame him for. Um, when you compare the two, obviously one is a little bit more inept in the air than the other. Um, it falls to Mbue, who I he had no right to bully yesterday. Him and Tony, it makes no sense. And while this is happening. Yano makes a nice little run right past Loftus-Cheek. Again, awareness. Where is it? Runs right past Loftus-Cheek. Runs right past Rudiger. It happens so fast. It's a nice through ball. It splits everyone in half. I don't know what Aspie was doing went in the defense. I don't know if you can qualify that as defending. I don't know what Silva was running to. And I don't know what Rudiger was doing. But the initial run started way before then, and Loftus-Cheek could have stopped it quite easily. He never tracked these men. And again, as defenders, you should be looking at shoulders to make sure no one is running, no one is going into space. The basics, and they couldn't do that. So I, I would say from, from Loftus-Cheek to the back four, it was collectively their fault. No one has the the wherewithal to just look behind their shoulders and see which man I can mark. And when they do try to mark, it's a shambles. That third goal could have definitely been avoided 100%. But again, because the defense failed, it puts Mendy under pressure. And I think he could have saved that. Um, but yeah, I will say it was just a well-taken goal. And we just have to stick with that. Yeah, I mean, it was, again, one of the ones that so many people at fault, so many places where you could have gone, that could have been, that could have been stopped there, 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 there. It's just, oh, it's honestly frustrating. I mean, just when we thought, oh, maybe it's over, maybe we might be spared, it's just 3-1. Um, Brentford score again, uh, a fourth one. Um, KJ, who do you think, what, what do you think of the fourth golf? You know what? <laughs> Maybe this one was a well-taken goal. At this point, I was tapped out of the match. I, I couldn't be bothered. Um, I, I, I even forgot how the goal happened. I think it started from a corner, a free kick, into the box. No one checking the man. I, I don't know who was the last man. I can't, I'll be honest with you. Um, I just was not paying attention. I couldn't be asked anymore. Um, and yeah, it just it, it happened. It happened. I blinked and it happened. That's all I can say about that. I was I was pretty much tapped out. Yeah, I think Rudiger tried to clear it, and it was a terrible clearance, and then went straight to Wisser, and the game was done at that point because obviously Wisser did strike it straight in the back of the net. Good goal, good strike in the end, but obviously the fact it got to him in the first place, absolutely terrible. I mean, just as I assume you were probably tapped out by then as well. Yeah, I was, you know, where's the mercy mercy rule when you need it, right? <clears throat> it was that bad. Uh, yeah, it was a poor clearance by Rudiger. Again, we're ta- we, you know, we, we started this thing off by talking about his beautiful strike. But we, we spent the rest of the podcast talking about the awful goals we gave up. So... <laughs> 
like I said, it, it kind of canceled. It was awful. It was an awful clearance. The ball was bounced across the box, and we used to put it away. It reminded me a lot of the second goal in the United States uh, Costa Rica match earlier in the week, where the ball bounced across and they they put it in the back of the net. So uh, yeah, it it was just one of those things. Is why not? Uh, when you're gonna play, if you play that that awfully. You get what you deserve, and we deserve uh, everything we got. Um, so, yeah, I, nothing more needs to be said on the fourth goal. It was just, uh, you know, how deep do you want to you want to dig that hole? We, we we dug pretty deep yesterday, and that was the, that was the end of it. As you know, the final nail in the coffin, and they deserved it. You can't say anything other than that. They deserved everyone they got. Because they played with more intensity, more physicality, and they wanted it more than we did. We just went out there and went through the motions. And again, we can talk about, of course, the, the, your top tier teams have more players playing international duty. It's always going to be that way because the best players play on the best team. Therefore, they're going to be called into their national teams. Well, you didn't see that with Man City. You did. You. I guess he did somewhat say it with Liverpool. Um, and I want to say that those two teams, Liverpool and, of course, us, not so much Man City, I'm thinking of the lineups, other than Mares, um, they played friendly. So that's a little bit less intense, maybe a little bit less training than playing World Cup qualifying. Um, so, you know, Salah was pony as well. From what I understand, I didn't watch the game. It's on too early. So we need to understand that that's going to happen. But it's Brentford, bro. Brentford. It's like we were saying the same thing, a, you know, a year ago. You know, it's West Brom. It doesn't matter who you have on the pitch or who you have available. You can't do get beat like this by a, a a lower table team. And last year it was a relegation team. But at least we had the excuse we had a red card and a man sent off. You know, we were worse this year. That is very true. That is very true. I mean, yeah, we you could argue we had at least some excuses last year, but honestly, there's not there's nothing you can say to excuse this one. I mean, it's just dreadful 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 game i mean there's i don't really want to talk too much more about the actual game itself um unfortunately it wasn't the only thing that seemed to be poor um on the the on the pitch stuff was poor but seemed like they're off the poor uh off the stuff uh words words won't see i can't even speak about how bad this is because it's that terrible um but the atmosphere obviously Throughout the whole game, uh, both on, um, on the stream I was watching and on TalkSport, they kept talking about how bad the Chelsea atmosphere was. And it got to a point where the, the, the only time you could hear the Chelsea fans singing was singing about Tottenham getting battered everywhere they go. And that was only because the Brentford fans joined in. Um, KJ, I'll go with you. Um, obviously, it doesn't help when um, you, you've not got a full stadium, but should the fans at least be trying to put an atmosphere? Um, does that affect the team as well? 
Yeah, look, I, I just think given the current situation, um, I'm not saying it's our civil duty, um, but I just think as fans, it's it's really it, the bare minimum we can do, um, given the climate, is just try um, back the team, no matter what circumstance we're in. Um, I think the culture we're kind of generating for ourselves is not good, um, and it's translating in, the, in, in just how we react within stadiums now. And obviously, it can't be helped. Um, but then at the very least, man, we, we need to stop this thing of unnecessary trolling or seeing chants that just do not matter. We need to start being serious and actually start <laughs> letting our voices be heard in the right way. Um, it just it makes no sense. And it gives rival fans ammunition as well just to just kind of mock us and make us look not serious, which is the opposite of what we're trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed personally. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 my voice can only be so loud. I mean, I'm not there in England. I can't really speak on behalf of, you know, a hundred thousand plus people. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It was just obviously the fact as well. You had obviously the protest beforehand, which wasn't the biggest protest in the world, but was kind of expected in a way that it wouldn't be massive um but you got a lot of there was a lot of commentary on twitter the, the, the night before it was all these match going fans saying how pathetic the protest was and they'd be in the pub while people were protesting well Jesse, do you think they should spend less time in the pub and more time chanting in the actual game well i think there's a there's a there's a whole probably a, a whole cultural type of thing we can get into here uh number one uh, the protests did more to help the rickets than to hurt them, by the way. Because if you had this protest and you're hyping it up, and I know it was more social media hyping it up, and you have a low turnout, the rickets are saying, well, maybe people don't really care. Because we sure sure did get a, a bigger protest for the Super League than uh, you know, possible new owners with a, a bigotry uh, have bigotry in their past so what it looks like to most people is uh the super league meant more uh, means more right it's it's you know super league bad bigotry eh, maybe not so much so when you're gonna do this these types of things you better you need to have uh a, a large turnout you really do uh, we also heard from the shed end. Was it the shed end that, that was going to put the banner up? That, that it got confiscated. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that they're lying. I'm just saying I ain't never seen the banner. Yeah, well, there was. We, we, I was going to go and talk about that next, but um, there were Chelsea fans that did bring their own banners, signs, whatever, and I have spoke to a few people that said they were personally they were told to get rid of them or they won't come in um okay well which play. from the club itself i think is a bit I, 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 I don't see what the problem is with it i mean pe- pe- football people football fans have brought banners in before um it was all right when you're saying stuff about other 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 like post like ukraine and stuff like that so why can't you say it about a certain 
potential owner. Um, well, for me, again, that kind of, you, you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say, for me, that kind of think, makes me think as if the Ricketts are seriously going to be and they're trying to stop um, any protests being made. What do you think? No, I, no, I don't think that's the, that's the, that's the, I just think that the, um, for me, it, it, we, we tend to read so much into when something's said or we get a report. I just, again, I'm just going to remain silent until we have uh, an owner in place and then we can talk about it. But I think at this point, it's, it, too easy to say well this one thing happened and so this is going to be the outcome we can't go there i i still think that 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 todd Bowley's consortium is in the lead um so that's my actual thoughts on that uh as far as the chance i would uh i think that part of our issue is player agenda fc we have Way too many chants for players. We should be focused solely on the club. And so when you have, when you're playing bad, there's, there's a whole lot of your, your songs and your chants you can't even do because the players are playing like crap. Unless their name is Timo Werner, which actually was the only chant I could really make out through the whole thing. People were still saying, Timo, Timo. And I'm like, dude, you know he's... I don't get that. I've, so I've, never, I've it, never seen a man play so bad yet get so much support. I, I, I don't get it. So maybe there's a separation between culturally the, the 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 older generation of fans and the younger generation of fans. I, I don't know because I'm not there and I can't I can't put you know put my finger on it. But maybe we just need to do away with player chance. And just focus on the club. Uh, I I was talking about this on the stream yesterday. The, was it Lech, Lech Posner from Poland? Yeah. Did you see the drone footage from that? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. That's home field of ass atmosphere right there. Yeah. That, that You won't see that at Chelsea. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because... Is it that the... Chelsea fans that the majority of them are they are they more affluent than working class? Is that maybe part of the issue, or some of the some of the things you could say? I just I I just I I think it's almost sometimes I think generally with Premier League teams the whole thing is kind of over over sterilized in a way. Um, there's a lot of things you can't do, um, which in other leagues, like in Poland, you you can do stuff like, for example, with flares, etc., um, build an atmosphere in that way. Um, I do think again, there's the problem with Chelsea is we we have the Matthew Harding, which is almost like the singing section, but there's no you don't really get in these in Premier Leagues these ultra zones where you can at least get a group of fans together that will sing and you all the all the noise will come from there and that will ring through the whole stadium it's very patchy and it's it's frustrating i i i do wish sometimes the club would work with that and maybe have a section where it is a 
almost a ultra section. Um, obviously, it, the negatives do come with that, where you potentially will probably get trouble in that section, um, particularly if you do, depends on where you pull it. Sometimes they pull it next to the uh, away fans, which isn't great. Um, but, yeah, I think something needs to be done because, obviously, Stamford Bridge is not exactly the, the loudest place in the world anyway. Um, but when it's obviously only 60, 70% for, for, it's just, it, 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 it does have an effect on the team. You, you, they didn't even, I think Chelsea didn't even play the, uh, the song to come out to. And was like, well, why are we, do we have that little money that we can't even play a song now? Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't really know, um, what, what to, what to do really. I mean, Chelsea fans have got a, kind of stop being idiots and arguing with each other every five minutes, calling international fans, fake fans and doing player this, player that. It's just it's just so frustrating. It almost puts me off football in a way because you don't get any other sporting fans, um, particularly, I don't know about American sports, but like rugby, cricket, you don't get stuff like this. It's only in football. And it's, I don't know, it just, it just frustrates me. Um, KJ, what, what did you think of that kind of the overall, the obviously the protest itself, and then the fact that Chelsea are almost taking banners away from fans? Yeah, um, the overall protest. Um, Jess has mentioned this. If anything, it, it, it's just helping uh, the records cause. Um, I, I I don't I don't see how it's doing any harm than good. But then, as the saying goes, there's no such thing as bad PR. So, um, and we know it, it 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 it's more of a political thing within the club. Um, the fact that uh, the club are, aren't even allowing fans to um, protest in their own right um, because they're you know protecting their image or protecting investments or trying to make sure that. Um, uh, this deal is closed in in the best way possible with their preferred candidate. It just goes to show you that I mean, what we try, um, it 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 might not have the impact that people want it to have. Um, personally, I and, and I've said this before, uh, I I can see the writing on the wall. Um, the club um, definitely have their preferred target. Um, I think right now you're they're just probably dealing with formalities and how to take it forward. Um, but yeah, um, as for the fans, um, I, I'll say this, even if, um, you, you feel like your voice isn't being heard, um, don't stop making noise about the situation. Um, it might aid their cause, but at the end of the day, um, don't give up, um, because at the end of the day, um, as fans, um, we, we, we do need to speak out. Um, we can't let the club, no matter how much we love it, um, shut us out. It's not right. It's not fair. Um, and it, it, it makes no sense. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it, it is Chelsea Business Club as well. Um, so really and truly, um, there's not a lot of ground to stand on. Um, but yeah, I just, just for, just for the pride of, of the club and how much we love it, um, don't, don't back down. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a weird one, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, credit obviously to people like Matisse, Eunice, and some of the other creators that did at least try and um, 
get a protest together. I mean, obviously it didn't work out in the way we'd expect it or want it to. Um, I suppose something that maybe would have been, uh, maybe was a good, a little bit of good protest was the uh, Supporters Trust um, survey that it did that showed obviously 77% of Chelsea fans do not want the Ricketts, which in a way does speak a little bit more of a message, uh, particularly if the UK government, I can't believe that I'm having to rely on them now uh, to stop this, but if the UK government are looking at wanting to get someone in that the fans want rather than having someone that's going to be against the fans, that would be a bit of a better way of uh, getting an impact. But I I hope that Bo, I, I hope that Bowley comes in because I think he's the best out of the, the lot. Uh, I don't think he's perfect, but he is probably the best out of the lot. But I, I, do th- I do think Ricketts will more likely get it than not, which unfortunately we'll just have to deal with when it comes. Um, Going into obviously we 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 can't just sit around mope around and feel sorry for ourselves. We have got a Champions League quarter final coming up um, on Wednesday against Real Madrid at Stamford Bridge. Um, Jesters, do you think we can bounce like last year, bounce back and get a win in the Champions League, or do you think you're worried? Yeah, I definitely think we can. Um, side note: if if you can't hear me in a minute. My my earbuds are about to go dead, so I have to switch. But uh, other than that, yeah, I don't rate Real. Real, I can't I can't English either. Real Madrid today, <laughs> I don't rate them at all. Uh, I think right now Bar- Barcelona is probably the best team in in La Liga uh, at this particular point. Uh, and, and yeah, it depend, again, it depends on who we play, who we put out on the pitch, because if we play the same formation with the same personality, it's, it's going to be another uh, uh, ass whooping, for, for lack of better words. Um, it just, but I, I expect, I expect us to go back into a back three and go from there. Um but it, it's one of those things. You, you know, La Liga plays a different style, and their their midfield's pretty much dead right now. They're old, and their age is starting to show. So um, I'm gonna mute myself and and change headsets, <laughs> and then I'll be back. No worries. I mean, KJ, I'll go to you. Um, obviously, we should we should have Pulisic back. Um, Reese should hopefully start Kovacic at least some players have had some rest for this game so are you confident we can bounce back or are you apprehensive for this game yeah no I'm, I'm, I'm confident we'll win um, it's going to definitely be a uh, massacre um, uh, it won't be safe for Real Madrid it'll be a complete dismantling um, I don't expect them to win nor should they um, I've never rated um, Spanish teams against English opposition anyway. But Real Madrid more especially, I, I I don't see how we lose that game. But it comes down to just this point, point as well. It's it's down to the personnel um, and the formation. If we get the formation right, if we get the personal, the right people back in, if we get Cobra, if we get Pulisic, if we get um, James back in the squad and just have a solid 
defense, midfield, and attack, there's no way I see us losing to Madrid. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I definitely think we will back uh, bounce back from this. Um, I I hope it's just one of those freak blips that just happens to us on occasion, and we go on with a good run of form. Um, but yeah, uh, Madrid, they are they are not safe. I hope they've had fun in the Champions League. Uh, but yeah, but I just I truly believe I don't see us losing to them. Yeah, that's fair. Obviously, I, I I do feel a little bit. You can't help feel a little bit apprehensive after losing four um, one. But I do think I'm I'm not really that scared of Real Madrid. Um, for some of the reasons Jester said, I think it depends on the midfield they play. But if they're going to go with Casemiro, Modric, uh, and Crows, I just think we will have the legs in midfield. Um, if long as we can keep Benzema quiet, I think we're okay. I think I know people were saying Vinicius Junior's played well this season, but we've got Rhys James on that side, so I feel like anything he tries to provide, I think Rhys James can counter. Um, so hopefully we can get a good result. I mean, KJ, um, what what would be your prediction for the game? Uh, at home, I see us getting a calm 2-0. Um, I don't think it'll be a spectacular 2-0, but I think we'll get the job done. Away, um, getting, a, getting a 1-0. Um, victory. I don't think we're going to run right at the Bernabeu. Um, I, I, I think we'll get the job done. Um, I don't think for both for both games we're going to completely... I know I said dismantle and all that stuff, but <laughs> realistically I don't think we're going to go and cause havoc and break down Madrid. But I do think we'll do enough to get the to get the wins. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, Jess, is you back? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you all good. Um, what would be your predictions for the two legs? So, so did somebody actually bring up the Brazilian Cho and Vinicius Junior? I, 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 I slightly brought him up, but counted it and said that Reese James is on that side, so we're completely fine. He's a fraud. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're worried about the Brazilian Cho, right? Not, we're, not we're the same number and everything. Oh. <laughs> No, I uh, look. I I think first thing we need to see. I think Conte is going to be out for this game. I have that feeling. Yeah, uh, he. Um, he did do something to his knee in that game. Uh, it was on. A, it was uh, actually an on a offensive play uh, when he went it when he had the ball in the box and he tried to cut uh, cut back on somebody. He came up a little bit gingerly, um, but that's okay. Uh, I, I, I'm fine with uh, Jorginho and Kovacic in the midfield and, and with a back three uh, because I don't that that midfield is so dead right now. And that's the thing: when you get older, it's not hey, I can play these games, but it's as the season wears on, you don't recover as fast. So I know they played today. They played. They played yesterday. Um, and uh, so I, I just think I'm not worried about Real Madrid. 
you know, Benzema is the one person to worry about because that dude is, is, you know, up there with uh, Lewandowski and, you know, people put um, Harry Kane in the same breath. That's fine. Do you want to do that? That's okay. You know, I usually like my strikers to win stuff, but that's okay. I don't think he's won a trophy ever in his career, but, you know, we move from there. Uh, I, I, you're going to start seeing some some uh, banter coming from me for because I've already received it since the uh, World Cup draw came out. So <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back. So that, that is going to be an interesting uh, game. I can I can tell you that. I, I'm sure we should do I mean, Maybe we should do a watch along just for the sake of seeing one of our reactions. Um, I hope it would be my reaction that would be positive, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, the last World Cup will, uh, against USA will tell you that it didn't go well for England. No, it didn't. And I don't think you've beaten us in the World Cup since 1950. So, yes. that's, that's, you know, for the... For the birthplace of, of football, <laughs> I guess you know we're really talking about it not coming home. Well, we'll have to make sure we send the soccer back home. Yeah, you know, you again, you, invent, you invented that word as well, so. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's never good when, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the banter's going to be real. But again, I don't want to do too much of it because, you know, you just wait and see. Uh, how that's going to come around, but I always like the banter on Harry Kane. He's good. He, he was he was brilliant today, by the way. Oh, my gosh. And as far as all those people who took the mick out of me saying Spurs are going to get fourth, they're getting fourth. They have the best player out of Arsenal and Spurs, and that's the only two vying for fourth in my mind. And they have a lot better uh, manager than Arsenal do. So, yeah, for me, Spurs are going to get fourth. Uh, as far as prediction for the game, I am going do, uh, dos cero. If you don't speak uh, Spanish, figure it out. Uh, same score line that uh, KJ gave. I just put a little flair on it. Yeah, well, we do. We do like our little bit. We look like our Spaniel, uh, our multiple, our multilingual podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> funny enough, I was also going to go two 0 now both of you have said it. Oh, I'm going to be a bit more positive now and go three-one. Uh, Is that really more positive? Well, we scored one more goal. We have conceded one, but still, we've scored three goals. And yeah, the, goal, cave- the, the caveat, the caveat is Pulisic's going to have another goal. Oh yeah, that's happening. So you, I think that. Yeah. You know that's so, happening. Any any chance? Uh, Probably can uh, put Courtois on the floor again. I take that. Oh yes, please. If if that's the only thing he does the whole game, it's fine by me. <laughs> I'd like nothing more than us to embarrass that footballer over and over and over again. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see for that match. Obviously, not too long away now. So uh, hopefully, the Chelsea players can. Get them get their acts back together and sort themselves out for that match, um, and we can get back on the winning run and not give ourselves any unnecessary questions in terms of the top four race and the rest of the trophies for the rest of the season. But 
that is the end to what is another wonderful podcast. Uh, first of all, KJ, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's always a good time talking with the boys, talking about football. Yeah, man, Chelsea, pull your socks up, get your shit together because, oops, my bad, bad word. Get your ish together because, um, yeah, tough road coming ahead. It's all right. We don't have to be PG on this podcast, so we 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 just we just say it how it is. So it's fine. Uh, and Jester's once again, as always, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's uh, therapeutic this week <laughs> talking to my boys like this. Um, Works some some of the anger issues and the demons out of that that just god awful performance. Let's have a short memory and move to Wednesday. Uh, take all our anger and frustration out on Real Madrid and uh, get back to winning waves. Definitely. Uh, and thank you guys for all listening to the pod. I, again, like Jester said, I hope it was a good therapy session for you. Um, but if you want to make us feel better, make sure you download the podcast on Spotify and Apple. Make sure you give us a rating on both platforms and make sure you continue listening to us two episodes away from episode 100 which if i'm right episode 100 could be the arsenal preview so we'll get melina on and on the 100th episode we'll do a lot we'll have a lot of banter uh banter in arsenal as it should be um make sure you guys stay tuned um it's matt jester's